0: G'day guys, welcome to the Noob bureau Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Shrek. Today I'm not joined by Turbo, unfortunately he is flat out renovating his house still. He has got three bedrooms stripped, all the walls, he's filling it up with insulation, the plaster comes this week. It's excitement, but it's absolute battle stations and pandemonium at Turbo's crypt. So, But anyway, you don't care about that. You are here to improve your spearfishing or possibly just get some stoke factor battling your way through traffic on the way to work today. So anyway, welcome to the Noob Sparrow podcast and uh, it's great to have you with us today. Today's episode is it's bloody sensational. We've got Josh Pedersen on from This Ocean Life TV uh, podcast and I've been on Josh's podcast before and basically he interviews Waterman in all different pursuits, and he's had about four or five Sparrows on there as well. So if you are sick of the poor frequency of the No Sparrow podcast, I'd encourage you to head along to this Ocean Life TV podcast, download a couple of episodes there. Um, he deals with you know long-distance um, paddlers and kayakers, um, uh, stand up paddleboarding, yeah, stand up paddleboarding, surfing, everything. He's had, some, he's got some, he's had some magic guests on there as well, and he he pumps out the old episodes, old Josh, and he he asks the good questions as well. So it's a good show. Check it out. Today we get into how to take kids spearfishing, um, which basically applies to how to take anyone spearfishing, but the focus is really on taking children spearfishing. So we go through a couple of uh, basic psych. I ask him, you know. What's kind of the minimum age capabilities? What crucial things do they need to know before they hit the water? Um, What locations are ideal for taking kids out? We get into the real nuts and bolts of just taking kids out all the considerations you kind of need to have so um it's a great episode and i really enjoyed chatting with um josh and hearing a bit about his first blue water spearfishing experience as well and it's kind of fresh in his mind as well so hear about how his mate took down a 95 pound bluefin tuna and it was a fish of a lifetime for this guy so it's a really cool story so encourage you to stick around till the end because there is some absolute gold in here uh before then let's get into some shout outs so Reese Clay, he says, Hey guys, awesome show. In some ways I feel like I have eighty-nine mentors as I learned to spearfish. I had a question that you could maybe speak to on the show. I'm concerned with sustainability of fish populations. So in answer to Reese's question, we're going to have several more episodes about sustainability and we're going to do a deep dive into several dives into, into sustainability around specific species and areas and how we can monitor our impact on the environment and just be the best we can be at what we do. And uh, it's what we do here on the Noob Spear podcast. So thanks for your question, Reese. Awesome. Uh, a couple of reviews. One guy says, best spear podcast out there. Love Shrick and Turbo talking about everything fun and gnarly in the world of spearfishing. So thanks from Big Duke. You're the man. Informative and funny. Shrek and Turbo provide hilarious banter while they interview the best in the spearfishing business. Well done and keep it up. Would love an episode a week. You slackers from social media, right? So thanks for that, buddy. Um, Oh, here we go. Shrek and Turbo have the market cornered on spearfishing education with high entertainment value. Since discovering the podcast, I've binge listened to every episode over about a month and listened to several of them twice. I can't tell you how many times I've laughed out loud at their antics or how valuable lessons or how many valuable lessons I've learned from their conversations with experts and interesting spirits from all over the world. Thanks Shrek and Turbo for your hard work on a first class podcast. That's from Charlie Robinson in the US. So thanks, man. That was a really nice review. Um, Love Shrek and Turbo. Yeah. So that's, that's the reviews for this month. Uh, Now, um, wanted to give us a shout out. He said, just wanted to thank you for the book and podcast. I've made my first spearing log. And he sent me a note of how he made his very own spearfishing log, which is a fantastic practice to get into because um, at certain times of the year, species will run through. And if you've got your finger on the pulse in terms of water temp, prevailing conditions, seasons, and the locations, chances are you can probably replicate what you did one year the next year. And uh, it's a great habit to get into, especially when you're starting out. Um, it makes you th- a lot more aware of the environment around you as well, and you, you can keep track of other, like, signaling species and what's going on with the benthos and all this sort of stuff. It's, a, it's just a good habit to get onto. If you want a copy of our spearfishing log, you can go on to amazon.com or spearfishing.com.au and buy yourself a copy. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a 100 pages in there with all the fields you need to think about you don't have to fill them all out, uh, but when you go spearfishing, it's a good habit to pick pick up into. I just want to go over quickly again. Uh, South Island New Zealand Spearfishing and Freediving Club are hosting another spearfishing comp at the top of the South Island in December. So if you are interested in that, I would encourage you to find out a bit more. Just type in South Island Spearfishing and Freediving Club and that, that should come up on Google with a Facebook page. Go in there and just send, uh, send a message Shrew, find out a little bit more about that. But it's a fantastic and It's growing every year. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, look, um, Turbo and I are throwing the idea around at the moment of doing a Patreon. Now, Patreon is basically a community page where people can uh, uh, pledge different levels of money every month um, to help support what it is they're interested in. And we're thinking about doing a Noob Spiro Patreon page. And we've got several ideas for it, but, but maybe um, we we're going to have a level where we could have live contributors. So maybe your name's Mal and you run a spearfishing store in California. We give you a call every second week and get on the line with you and we get a five-minute re- update about what fish are running conditions and things like that um we're going to have another level where we could have a live call every week with uh four or five guys that are brand new to the sport of spearfishing they can just ask me and turbo any questions that they have about um their particular needs for getting into spearfishing and uh so these are some of the ideas we've got, but basically it's just another way for listeners to support the podcast if they're interested, And but I'd love to hear your feedback about that. What do you think about us starting a Patreon page? Is it something you're into? Is it a waste of time? Love to hear your thoughts. Email me, shrick at noobspero. Tell me what you think. Or you can go to noobspero, noobspero.com and check out the new website because I spent a hell of a lot of time redesigning it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts there. There's a contact page and just tell us what you think of this Patreon idea or the website or anything else as well. You are more than welcome to. I wanted to tell you also just quickly about 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, our flagship book that we plug the hell out of. On this podcast, continuously. Basically, it's uh, the first forty or fifty episodes. We pulled out all the best nuggets and tips from um, guys we interviewed and boiled it down into a book called "99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing." It, we crowdfunded it with thanks to you guys, our community, and uh, lots of people have got on board supporting this effort. And the book has gone going global. Um, it's now in about fourteen stores. And just gone into two US retail stores, and it's going to go into a whole lot more. So the dive source in Florida and St. Augustine have got our book, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, gracing their countertop. Also, the Oregon Freediving Company, our brothers up there in Oregon, Daniel Semrad and his team, they've also got it on their countertop encourage you to go in and have a look and chat with them have a look at our book there's some popping photography in there that come from people just like you and uh oh yeah also there's a full list in today's show notes if you go to noobspirit.com uh, forward slash podcast you are forward slash spirit podcast you'll see all of the retailers listed including about 12 or 13 stores in australia as well if you're interested in stocking the book Love to hear from you. Email me, shrick at com. Anyway, sorry for dragging on a little bit today, but I really wanted to get through a couple of these messages. And uh, if you're gracing Noobspero on Instagram or Facebook, um, love love the um, messages and engagement we get on there. You're always welcome to join us on there and chat and share your photos and stuff. And sometimes we even reshare them. And uh, yeah, encourage you to join us there. Noobspero, anywhere you like. Let's get into today's episode. With Josh Petterson from this This Ocean Life TV podcast, and uh he's gonna give us some great information about blue water hunting and his thought process around um taking kids spearfishing. So I hope you enjoy it. Let us know. Let's get into it. Today's Dynamite Noob sparrow podcast is brought to you by spearfishing.com.au That's right, the fine folks over at Adreno have been supporting the Noob Spear podcast since about episode 18. And they help pay the bills around here. Just want to encourage you to check out spearfishing.com.au and use the code Noob Spear. You can save 20 bucks on every purchase over two hundred. But it's just a great online shopping experience. The reviews are phenomenal. If you want to check out a new spear gun, new pair of booties, new pair of gloves, someone's used them before, they've written a review, it's on their website, it's all there right there for you. Head along spearfishing.com.au, and thank you for shopping with it. today's major sponsor, Adrena. G'day Noob Sparrow community, thanks for joining me today. Today I'm joined by Josh from This Ocean Life TV podcast and uh i've been privileged enough to be a guest on his show so it's good to return so how are you today josh
1: <laughs> uh Shirk, i'm great man and i appreciate you being a victim on my podcast uh, <laughs> i really appreciate that and stoked so stoked to be with you guys so thanks for having me man
0: no worries now um your podcast, like it says on your site, you know, our mission at This Ocean Life TV is to capture the great stories and perspectives of people around the world who have made the ocean a central part of their lives. Our podcasts are intended, to, uh, our podcast interviews are intended to be no frills, low budget, and unscripted to provide the essence of our guest stories. And I've listened to paddleboarders, surfers, spiros on your show. You kind of you're covering a huge um, range of different water sports, that's for sure, man
1: yeah um and that's kind of you know it's true and it's it's kind of like mimics I guess my own life in the water where you know spearing is one passion obsession mm. amongst a bunch of others you know surfing and diving and boating and uh, you know paddle boarding all those things and so for me I love talking stories and hearing stories from all from people doing all those different disciplines yeah. you know and so doing the podcast like that it's just uh again it's it's sort of like I don't have enough time and money to do all the rad things in the ocean that are available <laughs> to all of us. Yeah, yeah, And so I live, I live vicariously through others who who do things that I, you know, don't. They might not have a chance to do. You know, so that's really it. It's it's For quite sure. fun.
0: So you created a podcast that scratches your own itch, and you just like tackle um, yeah. all the different water sports that you love yourself. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's cool. You know, and, and everybody's got stories. You know, it's funny, and, then, and you you probably get this too. Like you reach out to somebody you like, hey, I'd love to have you on as a guest to talk about things. And some people go, why would you want me? I'm just, you know, but everybody's got cool stories, you know, and it, you can be the gnarliest guy or girl in the world, or you can just be the dude down the street who goes out and does his thing. And Everybody's got a great story to tell, you know, and I love hearing them all and I love sharing them all. And like when you coming on, just hearing your story of getting in the water to where you're at today with the new Spiro podcast, man, it's all just I just love
0: all of it, you know, yeah. it's just fun. Yeah, no, it's cool. And it's great to return seven and have you on my show as well, man. So awesome. I've listened yeah. to a couple of episodes on your show. Like I even like listening to like some of the long distance paddleboarders, which I, like, it's not a sport I'm going to do, but I like just sort of checking out yep. hearing their story. Like it's just crazy. Like, you know, paddling 30 kilometers on a board between islands and stuff like that. And they're just normal yeah. people though. And um, and they just love what they do just as much as we love sparing. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, indeed. And one thing too that I've really, I think I knew deep down because I do a lot of these different sports, but after speaking with folks, we all have a common theme, you know, which is there's a sense of flow of being in the water, whether you're locked in on a fish holding onto a reef, or you're sailing a sailboat between, you know, in the middle of the ocean, or you're surfing a wave it's all kind of the same. The the activities are different. Yeah. But when that happens, the rest of the world ceases to matter, right? You're in that moment. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And that's the cool thing. I really, we all have that common bond and Mm. that's just the ocean. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like, The ocean gives us that, whether you're shooting a fish, Mm. whatever it is. And Mm. that's why it's so neat. We can all, I love that part of just relating to all this, everybody doing that, you know, having that in common. It's really cool.
0: For sure. I think that's that's definitely something that grabs you. It's that 100% in the moment. You remember everything, and like everything's so alive. There's no like other things like running in the background like your your yep. ram is just fully dedicated to doing what you're doing right now we've talked to a couple of guys on the show like um cameron kirkconnell and this guy tim mcdonald and they talk about being like um idiot savants like they they just have like a photographic memory for places and locations and fish and i think that's the power of the human mind when it's 100 percent focused yeah. on one thing in one moment and uh yeah it, yeah it's definitely um you know We're sort of making mindfulness and just putting some actual wheels on it, and like it, you don't have to try to be mindful when you're spearfishing; you just do it. And I guess it's the same with all the sports. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you're dead on, man. And and it's interesting. While there's that common theme across those different activities, I I would say that for me personally, that sense of flow and meditation, Zen, however you want to call it, Mm. is actually of magnified underwater Mm. i mean a good example and i i'm sure folks listen to this will agree you you're spearfishing you take a breath you dive down now you're looking for something and in the back of your mind you're like okay you're monitoring your breath how much time you think you have how you're feeling when should i start to go up how deep am I? that's always kind of in the back of your head you know for the most part but i mean we've all had this you shoot that fish and maybe it's under a crack or it's not just a simple ascent to the surface. And you're you're messing with it. You're trying to get your spear out, and the fish is wedged. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're like, Wow, I've been under here, not even thinking about my breath, not even real. I don't, I don't even need to go get that breath yeah. because I'm so consumed with getting this fish out or in the moment. Yeah. And you know, once you get back to the surface, you're like a little bit out of breath. <laughs> but my point is, is is that moment. Like you said, man, you're you're in a different world, and things that usually matter don't. Even like the recognition of, hey, I'm almost out of breath. I should go up. It's been a minute or whatever it is. It's like sometimes yeah. you can go way
0: past that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's the other thing is like, you know, when you're explaining the spearfishing experience or a lot of these things, people always ask you the same questions, like, Oh, do you see sharks or how long do you hold your breath? These are kind of the same ones. Like as long as I need to is kind of your answer, you know, like what you were just saying. <laughs> like right. you're not you're not going, Oh, well, I've been down here for um sixty five yeah. seconds. Uh you know, yep. you just you just do do what you do and get it done. Indeed. Uh, that's right look let's dig into your story man so obviously like you love the water you like all facets of the water you i believe you work in the water industry look just tell us a little bit about your background and you know where did it all start for you where did this uh this love affair with the ocean start
1: yeah cool man you know i um i just grew up in the water with my folks being like a southern california family grew up surfing and we moved kind of northern california to get away from the craziness of you know uh this big city and I was just, you know, my mom will tell a story. I actually mentioned I was coming on to speak with you tonight. She's like, well, make sure you tell the story of when you were two years old and we threw you on a boogie board and you were just, you know, you, on your back just washed around the waves. It was just like this natural thing for me from the start, you know, and I remember some of my early memories as a kid, like a grom, like four or five years old, just like imagining being out in the ocean with whales and dolphins and diving and, sur- and doing everything. It was just always there for me. And I was fortunate to have a family that was, you know, relatively ocean focused, you know, um, and they would take me to the beach. I did junior lifeguards and all things water and, you know, really fortunate um, and just always had that in my life, you know, and surfing was a big thing. And then the spearfishing part, you know, I was always fascinated by it. I did never had until, you know, a little bit later in life, the means, that's quite the means, but people around me who I can go with, you yeah, know, for sure. I always wanted to do it. Um, I mean, my earliest kind of <laughs> recollection was as a—I was probably in my teens and uh, where I'm at in Santa Cruz in California, the water is kind of rarely clear. You know, it's like yeah. 10 foot of visibility and you're like, wow, this is epic. You know, and so <laughs> it's you take you take what you can get, really. Yeah. And I remember one. I was in my teens, and I remember I really wanted to go spearfish because the water was clear. I had a mask and a snorkel. That was pretty much it. Some fins. I had no spear gun. I knew nothing. And um, I had 20 surfboards, but I didn't have a spear gun, you know? (laughs) And I remember taking the the handle off of like a a shovel, you know? I broke it off, and I had kind of hammered in long nails and odd angles at the end of this (laughs) broomstick. Yeah. As like a a very very caveman oriented rudimentary killing device, yeah, 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 <laughs> and of yeah. course got in the water <laughs> and it didn't do didn't do anything. You know, <laughs> I think I wounded yeah. a couple perch, you know, uh, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that just got me excited, mm. and you know, I, I, I moved on and and ended up pursuing a, d- a degree in college with marine biology. Um, always surfed, always did a lot of stuff in the ocean, but just never had you know, it's interesting as you look back, the influences, um, and opportunities available to you based on, you know, your community, your family, your friends, I didn't have that spearfishing kind of, um, uh, influence available who like, Hey, here, here's a gun. Here's how you do this. Yeah, yeah. It was later in life, you know, my twenties when I was doing all the other stuff and just, I was, you know, I don't know what, what it was. I was like, I, I, I actually remember saw a, th- a pole spear hawaiian sling three prong yeah at a garage sale at somebody's house down the street and i just bought it for five bucks because i was like that <laughs> thing just is cool yeah yeah and well now that i have this thing i've always wanted one yeah, you know? yeah. And now i had one then i started using it and uh kind of just went forward from there you know
0: yeah nice nice cool man so what age do you reckon you What did you buy the pole spear
1: I think I was late twenties, you know, I mean, I'm 44 now. So, I mean, I, I, I think I, you know, and all the other activities get in the way, you know, there's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse to have a lot of different interests in the ocean, a lot of different interests in life. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, water's clear, but there's waves. Yeah. Uh, There's fish. Uh, And I'm, (laughs) do I grab the spear gun? Do I grab the surfboard? You know, and you're just uh, you have this analysis paralysis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know? So, um, so I, I've been at it for you know a good you know decade and a half, relatively seriously, you know, with my local waters. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I pursued a degree in college in marine biology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very challenging to actually make a career out of that in my area where I'm at because it's extremely expensive to live, California, blah blah blah. Yeah, um, yeah, and kind of put that aside and do more of like you know high-tech oriented stuff while pursuing all that fun ocean stuff you know on the side for my recreation
0: mm. now i remember like i got off the show with you i think i did an episode recording with you maybe two or three months back and um i remember you hitting me up for some blue water hunting techniques you were like man i'm headed out <laughs> for my first session like proper blue water hunting yeah. have you got any advice and uh, <laughs> I dropped a couple of tips on you, and uh, but you went out with some boys, and you guys just had a blast, man. Well, tell tell us about that day.
1: It was great, you know, and I appreciate you sharing because you know when I asked you that, because I was like, dude, tell me what do I do? Because you know wh- where I am again in our par- part of California, blue water hunting is not a thing. Yeah, a, yeah. we don't have we don't have the pelagic species. Um, very very rarely do we. Uh, and B it's like it, the water's just green and cold. And so we're, we're fishing, we're hunting on reefs and there's, there's a lot of this everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's fish that are pretty sedentary. It's on reefs. It's kelpy kelp forest. You know, it's, it's classic California. It's gorgeous. It's freaking awesome. And so when uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, I got a, a trip booked on, uh, I mean, it, and hey, let me back up one sec down South, Southern California, the last couple of years, the tune, the pelagics has been uh, other level. Like, yeah, yeah. and I don't know, cause I'm a little bit far away but from folks I've talked to. It's like, you know, when they say the good old days, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, and most people said this, these are the good old days. This is <laughs> 60 years ago. You're like, Oh, but it was so much better before everyone was out in the water. Well, it's actually almost as good, if not better right now for the guys wow. who know. So, it's other level right and so and i've been watching it up here and you know it's just i haven't been able to pull the trigger to go down you know pun intended and so (laughs) we went down and here's me myself another buddy and a couple other guys who spend the majority of our days you know pulling yourself through kelp looking at nice ling cod but there's not a ton of challenge there because they're not swimming away they're just staring you down and you could 10 seconds to orient your shot and, you know yeah yeah then to go do blue water hunting so you know I was asking you man what do I how, this is a different type of diving you know and so you know it was rad I mean it was it was a mad max uh, <laughs> adventure you know it's like <laughs> love the description yeah it really was like one of those cool things where it was like got in the car went down got in late slept for three hours got on the boat at San Diego Harbor A great crew, Um, Kyle Faust. uh, I had him on my podcast. He's one of the Omer America guys. He's a he's he's, you know he's the product manager. He's a he's a spear guide. We just got so lucky that that crew was other level. You know, Guardian Charters. I'm gonna plug them. But for it was so cool because, and, and everybody listening, when you go pursue something different, it's like just trying is is almost is just is so much fun now if you oh, get a sure. fish you're like oh i mean it's it's like christmas comes early but just to be out in water that's a warm we don't get that be clear we don't get that <laughs> and see deep you know this is blue water so yeah, yeah. a lot of people listen they're like we're talking about i get that all the time but for guys who spend the majority of their day groveling through kelp and pulling yourself along reefs mm. you know it it was cool and You know, I know the story's going long, but the point of it was to see, and and everybody I think can relate when you when you go after a new species, and it's not just in this like the the XL versions Mm. that we all want, Mm. you know, that we all. (laughs) And for me, being a guy who's seeing you know two hundred pound bluefin tuna Mm. rolling on the surface, you know, twenty meters from your boat. I mean, it's, it's just like, whoa, I never thought I'd even see one, yeah, yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, we're able to get in and it's a different type of diving, you know, people who do this and you have tons of listeners here and I think you as you're well, as well. it's like, you know, these fish have been hammered for a while, they've been in the same spot, so hook and line guys were on them, the spear fishermen were on them for multiple months, so these things were skittish, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and you'd look out and you'd see a boil, they'd be hammering some bait, so... We'd, we'd motor over and we tried that a couple of times. As soon as you got close to the boat, they'd be gone. Yeah. So you could tell they were squished. And so, you know, Kyle, the, the captain's savvy, he's been doing this forever. He's like, all right, here's the deal. You know, and, and when you, know, you jump in the water and just punch a dive and see if you'd see him, and when we didn't, they'd just bail. So he's like, hey, all right, here's the deal. We're going to get close, cut the motor, and you guys are going to have to jump in the water quiet and kick your ass off, you know. 30, 40 meters away to where we think they are and then punch a dive, you know? And that's, you know, I mean, you know how that is. It's like, there's no, when you're kicking through the water on mm-hmm. the surface, your guns are loaded, you, you drop in, the fish are, you know, the boil is or was 30, 40 meters away. That surface swim, that's like freaking running through like Tree. snow, you yeah. know? It's like, you're <laughs> ah, yeah. winded. Yeah. And then you it's like- dive just dive. And that's very different than the reef diving where you sit at the top, that lingcod's still down there. He's not going anywhere because they never leave. Mm. And so I could take a breath. I could take two minutes. I could have a sandwich if I wanted and get my breath and chill. Mm. And so that part was, was really, it was fun. It was exciting. It was slightly scary at times. You know, it was very, very different. You know, it was cool.
0: Cool, man. What was your, what were like, did you, did you, did you get any good fish?
1: Yeah, it was great because my buddy who had invited me had, you know, bluefin tuna were not even on my radar
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it just weren't. I always would like to, but it just wasn't one of those like tangible species to go after because it, plenty of excuses, but just wasn't in my radar, my, my yeah. geographic range, any of that. And so he, on the other hand, down the street from me, he'd been thinking about it for 10 years, 15 <laughs> years, one one. one. Yeah. And so... It was so awesome because, you know, I was hoping to see one in the wild. Mm. I was hoping to get a shot. Mm. That'd be even better. Boy, if I actually hit one, that'd be like, you know, whoa. So he really wanted it. And it was awesome because he got the shot. So we actually, we, we roll up on a school and they weren't freaking out. They weren't hitting bait. And it was pretty, it was amazing, you know, like seeing wildlife like that, Two his was a hundred. These were there's two hundred pounders. Guys were getting. Wow. They were and they were just magnificent animals. You know they're just freaking magnificent animals. And so they went down. We take turns and you know jumping in. He went down, came up, missed a shot, reloaded, went back down and shot one. And it was really cool because he goes he popped up and you know we're looking. Everybody's we're waiting because he's really close to the boat, 20 meters maybe, so we could see him. He was like, got one. I think it's about 40 pounds, you know? <laughs> we're like we're like, Oh great. That's and we're just so stoked that we have a fish on the line now. Yeah. You know, and um <laughs> and you know how deceiving it is to make a judgment call on the size of something underwater. It's like <laughs> it's yeah, just I'm yeah. really bad at it. It's,
0: especially you in know? blue water and you're not familiar. Like, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like is that thing. Two meters away, or is that ten? Five meters away, yeah. you know. And is it this big or that big? It's 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 one of those things. where it's like you got to do it to learn it. So he was fighting the fish, and and you know I I'm just watching, waiting. I'm frothing. We're so excited. And Kyle, the boat captain, is like, dude, that's not forty pounds, man." He's it's you know two, three, four, five minutes. <laughs> the thing's so deep, we can't get down. You know, it's got a couple on it. His buddy can't get down to get another shot because it's you know it's pretty deep. And suddenly he brings it back to the boat, you know, maybe it's five, 10 minutes. And, uh, and I'm like, holy shit, that thing is not 40 pounds, <laughs> at least 80, though know, the head of it is as big as him. And this creatures are so magnificent. And, you know, we waited at the end, it was 95 oh, wow. and, uh, it was so rad, you know, for all of us, we all have our, you know, this is a big thing I love about you guys is one of your questions on your, with your guests is, you know, what's that one critter that you want or that goal, you know, that you're really after. And that was his, you know, and to see that, you know, I didn't care. I didn't even see a fish in the water. I got, I think I got, I didn't see one, but it didn't matter. Just to see, it was like that team experience of getting that fish and to see somebody who's wanted it. So for so long, get one. He was so stoked. You know, it was, it was really fulfilling for everybody else. You know, it was neat.
0: Cool. 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 Yeah, I, I can 100% relate. I've been out with a go- um, on a boat, and only the skipper and I had shot yellowtail before, and three other guys yeah. wanted their first yellowtail. We knew they were on. I'd shot one the previous week, and so our whole mission was just to get these three guys on. By the end of the day, they all had one each. We we all we all got one each. There was five yellowtail, but they were, they were all wow. decent. You know, 20, 25 five pound plus. And uh, yeah. and all those guys is the grins ear, ear to ear like it's just it's just awesome to be around your mates when they are just that stoked when they when they yeah. hit that goal you know because um, you know we quite often on Instagram you just see the photos with the dudes with the fish and you don't get all the background to it so yeah. I mean this is where the podcast is great because we kind of get that so you mate got a ninety five pound bluefin tuna that's a phenomenal. Fish of a lifetime. I'd love to get one yeah. myself, actually. What about yourself? Uh, what What did you? How did you go? Uh,
1: you know, it was. I didn't even see one. I uh, I. So it, it was really, and that's part of the allure, you know. And, and I tell this, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit with you know having some younger guy, younger, the next generation out there. But that's one thing that that for me, it's this weird thing, like the anticipation of going.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is almost better than actually. I shouldn't say better. It's just it that's the juice of go If the anticipation is high. Then actually going and missing and striking out, that almost like amplifies mm-hmm. your stoke and excitement and frothing to go again. You know, and, <laughs> it, it, so yeah. while yeah, I would have loved to got one yeah. to get one. I, you know, I actually am okay that I didn't because I want to think about it some more. I want to want it more because yeah, it was thrown on yeah, yeah. me. Days later, I was on the boat, and I loved it. It was killer, but you know, when you're sitting there sleeping about it and you're thinking about it, and like, I just want to like really, really, really obsess on it. <laughs> so when I do get one, it's even sweeter, you know. But part of it is, and it was, you know, hunting hunting anything, especially underwater. I don't care, you know. They all all fish, they have they 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 force you to, um, you know, employ certain tactics to be successful. Eat mm-hmm. fish. Flatfish, Pelagics, you know, they all have their thing, you know? For sure. And and learning a new thing, a new tactic, is that's so much fun. Especially when you have no idea I was counseled, you told me some stuff, the guys in the boat told me some stuff. Yeah but it's like you're trying to put it all into practice. Yeah, For sure. It's like riding a new bike. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's a different kind of bike. It's a similar bike than the one you got, but it's slightly different. So you kind of you're gonna lose <laughs> fail for a while you know yeah um but i remember so but at one point when we kind of understood like you see these fish you stop the boat you get in the water you kick hard and then you punch a dive and then you know you see and we had seen them. i remember this because i'm like i got really kind of focused every now and then you really kind of focus yourself Mm. okay here's what i need to do here's how i'm gonna just the whole kind of I don't know. You kind of came to Zen. I'm like, here's how I need to act to get one of these fish. You know, after seeing yeah, yeah. it happen and seeing the fish act, and here they were kind of mellow. They're off in the distance. I saw them kind of moving one way. So I just started kicking. I just jumped in the water. It's like, I'm not waiting for anybody. And I started <laughs> heading. And I'm not kidding you, man. It's one of those. And this is why I'm going back and I'm going to probably go back 10 times before I get one, I actually get one. Mm-hmm. I saw their backs rolling. And yeah. these were again, you know, his was a hundred, there was 200 guys were getting 200 pounders and you could see these backs. And I was probably, man, I, I'm I was five meters away, 10 meters max. I saw them and they were, weren't were moving fast. They weren't frothing. They were just doing that cruising thing.
0: Ah.
1: And I was like, Hey, I have like, and I saw them, you know, and when you're at eye level, the water, man, it's so hard to see like kind of anything, but I could see the backs. I was like, Oh wow. I'm right there. I'm going to do two or three kicks mm-hmm. and I'm going to slide in and yeah. I'm just going to dive and I'm going to be right there. They're not going to know it. And sure enough, I looked up, saw the backs, put my head down, a couple kicks, put my head up again, got a breath. And all of a sudden the water that was a little bit bumpy because of the fish was now dead glass <laughs> and <just> perfectly. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, where'd they go? And I just dove anyway. Just who knows? They went down. And there was nothing. I came back up, and it was like yeah. they had never been there. You know? <laughs> and I knew, and guys from the boat were like, dude, you were so close. We thought you were like about to like come up and wave your hand like you shot one, but they just freaking ghosted.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Ch- Chater in particular are real <laughs> buggers to that. I mean, sometimes when you get a moving school, you can kind of intercept them, and you know the boat can maybe drop you off on an intercept line like 100 or 150 metres up from where about where they're headed and then you can kind of, um, you can burly and do different things. But I, I haven't had any luck with it either yet and I can completely yeah. relate to your thing. I think one, <laughs> one thing I'm getting out of like your story too is, is a powerful thing that a lot of guys that have been doing this for a long time don't think about and that's um, the setup. You know, like seeing a fish and how they behave, then – coming up with a plan, sort of like visualizing that plan internally and then like implementing that plan. And then sometimes it doesn't yeah. come to things, so then you you right. iterate, you think about it, you analyze it, you, yeah. you adapt, and then you try something new again. And like, you know, that process for every species is, is, um, is an ongoing yeah. thing. It's one of the great things about the sport, like you said. It's just like you constantly, there's constant new challenges there. So this was your challenge with the tuner. And like you said, I love the fact that you've just enjoyed the process and, uh, and it's made you hungry for more in the future, because I think that's a big appeal to spearfishing. It's not necessarily what you've already shot. It's what you have yet to shoot in the future. So that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like the pursuit. It's just like being humbled. That was what was cool too. Like I got my ass handed to me that day, you know, Uh, And I know there are guys who, you know, over time you'd figure it out and would, you know, dial it in and probably go get one, maybe two, who knows. Mm. Um, But it's so nice. And that's why one thing I love about the ocean, even when you think you've got it dialed, you don't, you know, and if we're chasing something new, there's a learning curve. I don't care if you have the best guy in the world next to you, whispering in your ear exactly what to do you have to figure it out for yourself, you know? And, 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 and so that was what I really love about spearfishing in general and diving is a, it's super dynamic, things can change. I talk like cheap about the fish in my area that I can just go shoot. Well, no, that's not true.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah.
1: in general, you know, them so well, but sometimes it's freaking hard, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. oceans cooperative mm. and then you, a new species, you know, so I think that's all of us, you know, mm. uh, spearfishing, it presents day to day, hour to hour, man, the challenges, it changes. And that's why I think why a big draw for all of us is the ability to go out there, see it, understand what's happening with the fish, the the animals, the conditions, your own gear, who knows what, and be able to adapt and then work through it as best Mm. you can. That's fun. Because on land, man, it's like, life's not easy i'm not saying that but it's pretty predictable ish Mm -hmm. you know give or take day to day Mm -hmm. at least for me uh but when you're in the water man it could be different hour to hour that's what's so cool about it
0: yeah man you guys have got some cool species there too like you got cabazon you got um monkey face prickleback have you guys got calico up as far as you are calico bass
1: you know it's a great it's a interesting you ask that because with we're seeing some warmer water patterns here in the last, they call it the blob, you know, it's like imagine a north to south coastline right of California, the southern area is warmer, Mm. and then it gets cooler as you move up well, that cooler finger, if you want to call it is extending-ish you know, it waxes and wanes, but it's warmer, and we're starting to see some southern, southern species start to move up, one of those is typically, no I've never seen a kelp bass in my area, but about even ten miles above where we're at, a buddy of mine got one actually yeah, right. last weekend. Wow! Yeah, and we're seeing other sheephead, other interesting species starting to creep up a little bit, you know, which is which is it's interesting. Don't know what it means, but it's she- fun because well, I would love to get kelp bass.
0: <laughs> I'd love you to know? get a sheephead too. They they um, yeah. they are rad looking fish, and I, I believe they're really good eating. Um, yeah. What about the the white sea bass is sort of similar range, I guess, uh, to the calico and the maybe not quite as cool a water as even the sheep's head, I guess.
1: You know, they actually are cooler water, man. Those guys are insane. Um, mm. it's, it's That's like the species of California. I shouldn't say the species. It kind of depends who you are. But that mm. is that the hardest species to target and get? Mm, gosh, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It, 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 like you say, it's like, I was in, so example, you know, we'll get them here where we are, where the water is cold. It's, you know, it's 50 Fahrenheit. That's whatever, 16, 15 Celsius, maybe a little less up to like 60. It's a, it's a relatively cool temperature range.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And there'll be years when you see them for a month, there'll be years when you'll see them for, I'm not seeing like you just go out and see them, but they're there. You put your time um, for months at a time. And then they might also, at the same time, be down in Mexico and, you know warm, <laughs> almost hot water, wow. and they move around. You know, yeah, the sea bass is a real—it's an anomaly. They're, the gray ghost, you know, they're 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 here, they're gone. Yeah. I've spent twelve hours just sitting there, drifting squid, fishing for them, never seen anything. The guy next to me in the next boat got six of them. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're just a they're they're like the thing, you know, the the, the elusive fish to go after yeah, for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. I love it. Was that that was pole fishing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sport anyway, uh,
0: man, you should have stuck in the water. That's what you're good at. I know, I know. <laughs>
1: but uh, you know, you mentioned the monkey face. I actually got I've never even got one until last weekend. I'm not kidding you, man. Another yeah. funny use asset. Um I got a twenty six things taped out at twenty six inches.
0: Yeah, yeah. And oh, it yeah. was
1: fat, thick. The little you know, those heads of those guys are dinky, but yeah. it was absolutely delicious.
0: Yeah, yeah, Our absolutely. Man, um we got a man, uh, Jim Russell. Uh, he's probably, I think he's a bit further north than you, but he's got the world record for them, and um, he loves them. He loves them, and uh, and uh, we didn't know anything about him until we chatted with this guy, and uh, just, yeah. uh, just some good stories. And uh, so, how did you oh, cook? How did you cook that thing up? You know,
1: uh, fortunately, there's this really great book. It's, I mean, it's anybody listening to this show would love to see it. It, it focuses on California, okay. but if you eat. Eat anything from the ocean, you'll love this book. It's called The Sea Forager's Guide. Um, anyway, oh, I've, the guy, seen it. The author, I've
0: seen it. I'll you? link it up in the show notes. People can come and yeah. have a look. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's on Amazon. It's, I'll link it up.
1: Yeah, it's a great one. The, the writer is so super quirky. He'd be a wonderful guy to have on the show. I mean, he's just, the way he writes, he, it's like poetic the way he writes about these fish and monkey-faced eels and other things, you yeah, know, yeah. but he he breaks it down. It's like, if you cut the guts of that thing, because they eat a lot of kelp, so they smell different than normal fish. And so if you cut the guts, it dilutes the meat. You can't just flay it. You got to, like, peel the skin off. So it's a little bit different. But when we did that, um, after <laughs> reading his book and looking at YouTube video, sure I did to screw it up, um, uh, I smoked it all right nice yeah dude it was I brined we brined it for a couple hours in salt and water threw it in the smoker you know, I think it was like 150 degrees for two hours mm. and uh it was it was delicious it was kind of shrimp like yeah sweet-ish okay um But, uh, yeah, it was just really good. I mean, it was, I'd never had them before. I've never even seen one in the ocean for all my years. And there was one, this massive one sitting there and I got them.
0: (laughs) I love it. So (laughs) how how did you learn how to smoke fish? Did you, is it another YouTube video thing? Like, have you got some (laughs) go-to resources for like mad smoking recipes and stuff? Not
1: at all, man. I smoke meats a little bit here and there. I have a pretty nice little smoker. My father-in-law bought me a couple of years ago and, uh, it's just fun, you know, Yeah. throwing stuff in there and see what happens. And then, uh, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube and Google, it's like, what do we ever do without it, you know? Yeah, you sure. know. Google up smoke eel recipe, and it just says, throw in the brine, mm. put it at this temperature for this long, and then see what you get, you mm. know? And it came out killer,
0: you know? <laughs> I'm gonna chuck a challenge out to the Noob Spirit listeners community. Like, hey, if you guys have got a good, like, fish smoking, seafood smoking uh, YouTube channel or Vimeo channel, whatever, chuck that stuff in the comments. Let me know, yeah. Shrek and Noob Spear. I'm going to I'm gonna check that out because I want to do more with smoking. So, nah, cool, Josh. All right, man. Hey, um, so I guess I want to talk a little bit about what challenges you face with spearfishing now. I mean, obviously, you know, as we get a bit older in life, we just seem to get busier. So time and availability is a huge one. But, I mean, what kind of... Um, yeah, what challenges are you facing and how are you kind of dealing with them?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think you you pretty much nailed it, at least for me, with the age thing. Um, I, As I – we all have our little aches and pains, but, you know, <laughs> I get cramps, man. And maybe it's the cold water, but my yeah. legs cramp up. I've always had that, like, by nature. And yeah, they just right. sleep my, – my legs will cramp up more quickly in the water as I get older. And that's yeah. – I mean, anybody who knows – I mean, a calf cramp, that sucks. When you're full leg, like yeah. hamstring lockout, yeah, yeah. You, you can't even kick. It's yeah. weird. It's like, it I've doesn't sound lockout. like a big
0: deal. I've had a lockout. Yeah, and just kick to this, the surface with one leg. <laughs> so.
1: And you feel like, yeah. And then you have this thick wetsuit and you can't really <laughs> move your arms so yeah. well. You're not really swimming. You can. Um, and so one thing, so that's one. And, I, and p- when I do a lot of long distance paddling and, and surfing for hours, happens to and so there's i have like these like um not salt tablets they're called enduralites it's like magnesium calcium ah, I was
0: gonna ask about that
1: there's, yeah it's a great one hammer nutrition i love it i've tried it on everything and i've done like you know 30 mile paddleboard contests where i have to have these things or else i cramp up and my day's is yeah. done so um yeah it's got all the nutrient, all this the calcium magnesium with all those different things all rolled into one hammer mm-hmm. nutrition and enduralites anybody who's got cramps i definitely recommend it um really helped me out a lot so that's been one is just but you know you sometimes you're so you're running you get in the water and like oh shit i forgot my little things and then (laughs) oh here comes cramp you know and i've had a couple fish on my back yeah basically swimming on the surface like and you got your spear gun and then you get to the Stairs of the beach, and where we are, it's rocky, and you got to scrabble up the rocks, and your calves are cramped up. It's just like this whole scene, you know? Yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, That's so good motivation to make sure you have a, like a dive day checklist and put your magnesium, um, what, what is the hammer, hammer enduro lights? Yeah. I think you said they were put them on yeah. your checklist, maybe. So.
1: All right. No, you're dead on. And that's a good one that checklist of your stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a huge
0: fan of that. The second thing for me, too, is I'll, I'll send you one is, after the show. We've got one. we got a dive oh, day checklist. Awesome. So you can just chuck uh, your own yeah. thing in there. That'll be, well, I, I just have one in the garage. So that way, because how, how, how shit is it when you rock up at a dive spot? Maybe you've driven for an hour and a half and you haven't got your Dude. booties or something like, something like really oh, yeah. like. Just dive yeah. ruining yeah uh, and I've so done it, I've, I've done it with some of the best dudes too like they haven't even brought their mask and uh yeah. this really experienced guy in New Zealand I went diving with him and uh he didn't have his dive mask we shared a dive mask. Yeah. <laughs> It was the <laughs> ultimate buddy diving, sharing a dive mask. So it was like you, you want to spin in it or am I spinning in it? Like that <laughs> uh both it. Yeah. <laughs> both spinning it. Yeah. You do the right lens, I'll do the left. So but, uh, you know I know, it's hard, man. You know man,
1: there's so many different pieces, you know, and then uh, you know, you get excited where's my stuff? You're like, Oh, I think I got it all. And then you show up and you don't, you know, and that's, and we'll talk about, I think a little bit too, with bringing kids out, you know, it's like double, triple, quadruple checking of stuff, you know? Uh, So lists are cool, you know, and the other piece to finish up real quick is Mm. I think leg strength for me, you know, um, the longer I want to, there's days when I wanted to stay out longer and realized I was a little bit further out, which is fine. I'm, very comfortable in the water wasn't like a scare factor, but just having a little bit more leg strength to yeah, maybe yeah. you know finish it strong or, or to power through some kelp or to punch a dive or whatever that is. And so, you know, just kind of be a little bit more aware mm. of my I don't know my workout routine, which I don't really have one, but yeah, not just is really, hey, make sure my legs are strong. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a nice thing to to to
0: do. 100 percent I liked how you sort of had your obstacles and then you dropped two things you're doing to kind of improve them. One was the the magnesium tablets, the Endura Power Lights, whatever, and uh, the second is you've kind of re- recognized that, you know, your legs are a huge issue. I mean, Turbo has has huge issues with this as well, and he started a, a workout routine and really strengthened his feet and his calves, and uh, oh. he, he has a lot less slop now in his kicking style. And Because uh, he used to cramp as well, and by the end of the day, he was just wrecked, and, and now he's got this workout yeah. routine that incorporates some of those oh, movements cool. into it. Because it really is your your, um, it, it re- your legs are what you rely on all day, especially when you're diving. So, I know. Yep. So it's, yep. a, it's a big one. So I like it, man. Yosemite National
1: Park, California. Red Sox. Hang loose, bro. <laughs> SpearingMagazine.com Did you say SpearingMagazine.com? I did, I did. What do you know about Spearing Magazine? I know that you can get eight issues for 30 US dollars plus shipping. But oh you my gotta god. email it Oh my god, oh Lordy Lou. Oh. But what you gotta do is you gotta email Jeremy at spearingmagazine.com. That's oh. right, J-E-R-O-M-Y at spearingmagazine.com. Oh my God, $30 US for eight issues, Turbo? That
0: is phenomenal value.
1: Email jeremy at spearingmagazine.com jeremy at spearingmagazine.com j-e-r-o-m-y at
0: spearingmagazine.com When you go to buy a shirt, you're probably like me. You are happy to look like a 90s dad. Now, sadly, that will not take you forward in life, (laughs) but I've got good news for you. Today, you can go to Noobspiro.com, support the Noobspiro podcast, and get yourself a great shirt that will make a difference. Perhaps you won't look like a 90s dad anymore, as Turbo accuses me of, every other week. If you pick up three girlfriends the first day you own your Noobspiro shirt, it's probably a coincidence but they are a bloody good shirt head along to noobsparrow.com, go to the shop grab a noobspero shirt shirts for sparrows buy sparrows for sparrows about sparrows everything sparrows Noobsparrow.com. The other thing is, before you talk disparagingly about your local diving conditions, especially after going out (laughs) blue water diving, Um, but I want you to tell me about one species that you've kind of started to get dialed in. And uh, what hunting technique do you use to kind of get these things all the time?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I'm a huge fan of, and you mentioned it, Cabazon. You know, it's, uh, for folks who know, you know, it's just one of these really, it's a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous fish that's camouflaged ultimately you yep, know yep. if you are you could see a purple one and then uh two minutes later you could see a blue one okay they are because that one's next to this type of algae that one's in more coral and pink algae and so when it comes to like crypticness and camouflage they are they're and they're just hunkered down they don't move. You don't see them. They're a rock, you know. And so, they're a fun one, you know. And they taste absolutely delicious. And so, I wouldn't say I've got it down. What I love about it, I guess maybe from my own approach, you know, I love the simplicity of of diving. I love being simple with. Uh, try to be simple with all my different activities. So I love hunting for these guys because you don't need, for the most part, a float. You don't need You can have a spear gun. That's cool. I love the pole spear. I love the simplicity of, I have a mask. I have my wet belt, fins, and a pole spear.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I have a
1: stringer clipped to my belt and that's it. Love it. And I'm not diving deep. I don't need to because these guys can be in four feet of water. You can find pigs right there. Mm. Um, And so I love the simplicity. I love the finesse of the pole spear as well. Mm. And I find it works killer because a lot of times, and this, I'm like notoriously famous, at least in my own mind, for <laughs> this, whereby I'm out on a reef somewhere deep, not deep, but, you know, farther out yeah, doing yeah. my thing. And the best fish I see of the day is in five feet of water yeah. when I took my bands off my gun because yeah. I'm about to get out. And yeah. there's this big link codder. Here's a nice fish, you know? And so yeah. so what I love to do with those guys is, and it's so much fun because there's a little bit more sort of wave action as you get a little shallower in the reefs and everything is for me, I, a love and B it's actually, it's, um, oh, geez. Um, it works. There's a pretty good return is I'm just creeping through where the waves aren't breaking, but the swells are rolling. It's maybe 10 feet ish. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you can stay down, you're getting beat around. It's real dynamic and the kelp swaying and moving, but it's like you get heavy, you weigh wear a little extra weight. Yeah, you want to be on the bottom, um, you know. And maybe if, and I've have dabbled with like the uh, ankle weightlets, ankle weights that I've had scuba diving and stuff, so yep. that you yep. don't yep. kind of, you know, get kind of vertical.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you are, you know, you're still neutral-ish, so you, you're not you're not struggling for a breath. Yeah, but you're heavy, and you're just you're just mowing through the lawn, and there's kelp hitting your mask and everything. But what you're doing is you're just for me anyway, it's, I'm waiting for that, all that kelp in my face. It's going to move, move. Yeah. Typically when it does, there's this moment when the fish sees you yep, and you see it and you're, it's going to be like that. Cause there's surge, you're yeah. bouncing around. They're not expecting it. They don't see you coming, all that. And I mean, I'm just basically, I almost have like, I'm holding the pole spear. We're almost right next to my face, you know, yep. cause if you have it away from your body, there's kelp there's stuff you're just getting beat around so super packed Yep. it probably looks strange if you took a picture of me but (laughs) all of a sudden it's going to be split second you know and there they are not all the time but you know pretty frequently you know uh consistently so is it do i have a dialed in no is it fun it's really fun you know and
0: uh simple. I like it, man. So a couple of crucial things I picked up there was like, instead of being neutral at like 10 meters or 30 feet, like we generally weight ourselves for spearfishing, you're probably neutral at kind of three meters. So you're wearing maybe that extra half half kilo pound of weight, maybe a pound and a half, two pounds. And that's, that's allowing you to stay on the bottom without having to do like a half breath. So you can stay there. And then you're keeping yourself super compact. Number one, that probably improves your accuracy, Um, as well having that really good line of sight and number two is like you're minimizing your silhouette for what you're hunting and you've just got to be a bit conscious about what the swell's doing and where you're positioned with relation to it really love it man and um i think it's like bread and butter stuff for guys that are starting off and uh yeah. and, but but I I like I still like doing it. I've been doing this stuff for eight years and I love that type of hunting and and here in Australia on the east coast is a lot of big fish like Jewfish and things like that are often found in that breaking water. So nah, cool. uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun, man. You get beat around and it's 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 different dynamics, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's
0: pretty cool. Love it, love it, love it, cool. Yeah. All right. I wanna um we're going to get into the veterans vault where I'm hoping we can chat about taking kids out spearfishing, which is going to be excellent before we get there. I really wanted to dig into, you know, one of the scariest situations or the toughest moments you've had out on the ocean. Um, it can be spearfishing. It can be paddleboarding, whatever you like, man. Um, I mean, cramp was a real interesting one before, but I really love to hear one of your stories about what's freaked you out and what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, this is a cool one. I thought about this, you know, thinking getting ready to chat with you tonight. And and like I mentioned before, there's these kind of parallels or themes that cross-cut cut across whether you're surfing, paddling, diving, sailing, whereby sometimes your ego gets in the way. It makes you do things that aren't the best, make you decide to go jump in the water and do something that you shouldn't. And so my story is. You know, there was in my twenties when we're all, you know, young and studly and little live forever and everything. And there was <laughs> it's a surfing story, really. It was a massive swell, like it was really big. I was at a spot that I'd only surf when it was small, and I was like, Wow, it's perfect out there, but it was massive. Yeah. And you know, I was like dead set to go surf. Guys on the cliff, nobody was jumping out, really rocky. There's one entry point, little beach. You're kind of screwed. Not smart, really, on this type of day. And, you know, I was, you know, young and brash and like, well, these guys aren't going. I'm going. Screw it, you know. (laughs) On a small board, I should have had two more feet of board. Didn't strong enough to get through it. Yep. But wasted all my energy. Finally punched through all this white water. Took 45 minutes. You know, it surfs 10 to 15 foot-ish. It was good, you know. It was one of those days, and I and I got out, and this was, you know, I was young. I never really surfed big ish waves, and I realized as soon as I felt one actually go underneath me after I punched through, I go, "Oh wow, there's no way my little board's even gonna get get into one of these things," you know. And I and so I was that moment that a lot of us have again, whether you're diving or surfing or whatever, that oh shit moment, like (laughs) when it hits you where. I should be on land right now or what I'm doing isn't safe, Mm. you know? And sometimes you could like, well, it's going to be okay. And there's like this safety spectrum of totally safe. You're cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of sketchy, but I think we're okay. And then there's like, no, you're in danger to almost like something bad could happen mode. And that was where I was at. I knew it, you know? So I swung around and I was like, Hey, I wasn't pushed down towards that little beach yet. My exit point, Mm. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get in one of these waves. they were moving too fast. There's too much water. And uh, I started paddling in, paddling in, took a, a couple of big ones on the head. And I hadn't, I thought I was going to go back in. And by the time I got in, the current was going to put me in front of the beach. And I would just be able to sprint, paddle, be on the beach, and be out of this whole thing. Well, what I did was I went in a little bit too soon. And when I got, like, you know, where you would imagine being in like waste. Deep water. Yeah, yeah. I was still a few hundred meters from the beach with like cliff rocks. And there was like, I mean, I looking back, who knows? We all embellish, I guess, a little bit, especially these pretty gnarly times, but there was legit six foot top to bottom waves breaking like 15, 10-ish meters less from the cliff where I was. So I was at this moment, the waves It was a lull in the sets and I realized predicament I was in where it's like, okay, the next set I'm going to get, my board's gone. It's going to be absolutely demolished. I don't know what's going to happen to me. You know, being a guy in the water, I wasn't freaked, but I knew that I was in a bad spot, you know, tired. I'd been out there for two hours, just basically paddling. And it was one of those moments where that adrenaline, it just hit me. It's like, you need to get the F out of here right now. Yeah. End of story. <clears throat> stop thinking and, and go do it. And so I got that adrenaline boost. I looked out, the set was coming and I just knew it was like, you can't be here when this yeah. thing comes, you, you you need to be on that beach. That mm. end of story. And I got that adrenaline jumped on my board and just pointed it like dead down the coast skirting rocks bumping over rocks (laughs) there's no and i just had that moment that adrenaline rush got out of it as that set came hit the beach and it was it was was fine people on the cliff like i've got up guys like what were you doing i was like dude i it was stupid blah, blah blah the point of it is like we mentioned it's like It doesn't matter. It's like sometimes we want to go after a fish so bad he's in a crack or I can know I can dive that deep or whatever discipline the ocean. And it's like and that's one thing I love about it. It checks you, you know, and and, and the easier, the more willing you are to check your ego at the door, I believe the safer you're going to be. You know, you're going to have better shot at actually coming back
0: in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh no, I I think one of the things like I I picked up when I was thinking about when I listened to you was like, you know, everyone thinks that young people have a lot of intuition and that that they have this conscious uh, process, thought process for thinking about risk, and unfortunately, we just don't. You know, as we get older, we learn yeah. how to do, like, a risk assessment. You know, like, they teach it in workplaces, like, oh, I'll do a take five or whatever. But, like, you know, until you've been around a few years, you really just have no idea about how to categorize that risk and decide what your actions are going to be. How am I going to mitigate that risk? Like, and your one, the, the surfing story is completely relevant for spearfishing. You know, you've got to have entry an entry, a safe entry point, number one, which you managed fine. You were fit enough to do it. But the biggest thing is having maybe multiple exit point strategies, you know, like what am That's I going it. to do if the current picks up? What am I going to do if the swell picks up? How am I going to get in if maybe I have cramp or an injury or, you know, what whatever, whatever, you know, you've just kind of got to sit, be situationally aware enough to develop a plan. So, now really cool. Huh? On. Love it, love it. Yeah. Yeah, All right. cool. All right, let, let's, let's hook into – veterans vault and uh i did have a chance to prepare some questions so we're going to talk taking kids for spearfishing and this for me is really scratching my own itch because my son is six years old and um he was really competent at swimming and then uh i just took him to the swimming pool again the other day after a long long while and uh realize that he's gone backwards a little bit but um so yeah but let, let's i definitely want to get him out spearfishing so let, let, let's talk about i mean first up what's a good sort of rule of thumb for minimum age and swimming capability and things like that
1: yeah it's a that's a good one um you know and i'll start by saying you're doing it right you know one thing i've noticed with you know i have three kids and they're 16 and i have twins and they're 13 it's it's a You'll get to the point when there's an age where you know they're, and I have some ideas and I'll share like terms of age, but it's just a, get them interested in being in the water at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, start there. You know, it's yeah. like you can hammer your son about he's not progressing and you need to get in the pool or you can just let him take his path in the water Yeah. and find his passion for it. It might be tomorrow. Yeah. It might be in five years, mm-hmm. you know? Or 10 years, who knows? I know you want to get in with them right now because I was the same <laughs> way, no question. It's, it's like it's like the one thing you're like, I can't wait. But it's like they got to find that passion first, right? So there's one thing. Now, then, in terms of times, let's say they find that and they're excited about the ocean. For me, anyway, with my crew, and I'm fortunate because where I am, we have a lot of families, a lot of other ocean-minded families around us, and I got to be involved in the community and go surfing with the kids and doing everything. You've got a lot of kids who just like being in the water with all of us, whether it's surfing, diving, et cetera. And so we'll bring four or five, my own kids and a couple others with us. And I've noticed like, for, for, for us anyways, when they're about 12, 13 years old, like the ones who they grew up pretty much in the water, they're comfortable with it. And I think at that age, there's like a strength factor mm. and there's like a confidence factor. And to me, I think that's when the maturity kicks in where – you know, it's, again, it's, that's, that age might be young for some kids depending on how they develop. But in general, I think it's like, A, they they have, they can have the strength to actually get themselves out of the water Mm and in, you know, all that stuff. And then the confidence of the maturity of, oh man, I might get wrapped up in kelp or I might, you know, my mask might fall off my head. What am I going to, you know, those kind of things. I think that age is for me what I can see is to be kind of the start of the, the right period to get the, get the kids out there at 12 to 13.
0: All right, cool. So let them be self-motivated to do it for a start. And then as long as they're strong enough to kind of look after themselves and get themselves out of the water. Because um, yeah. I've read a couple of things like some guys say, oh, you should be able to swim 25 meters underwater. And I think sometimes these kind of false metrics because I, I'm just not, it was, it's good to hear your idea about it anyway, because you, like I've listened to an, an episode on your show too with another guy and you take young dudes out surfing and stuff all the time. So I know this is kind of definitely an area of expertise, like taking young people out and doing different water activities. So it's great to hear kind of yeah. your take on that. All right. Um, yeah, thanks. What, what, what crucial things do they need to know before they hit the water?
1: Yeah. Um, this is like actually I think this question right here is why they like taking kids out to dive surfing. Yeah. Diving different because I didn't really consider safety and, uh, awareness and what happened, what do I do if, you know, until much later in life. Um, not that I had any catastrophic issues where I go, I should have planned better looking back. And maybe I bet a lot of folks listening can relate a lot of my time in the water was relatively unsafe. I didn't really have a plan. (laughs) I didn't really, wasn't really aware. I just, I was so excited. I just jumped in the water. And I had a wonderful time. And I was lucky, I think, because looking back, I was like, whoa, I didn't know that this was happening or the swell was doing that or the tide was draining. Or, whoa, what if I had cramps when I was way out there and I couldn't make it in? I wouldn't have been able to get out. So one thing with the kids is I like helping them under like assess and develop their own situational awareness a little bit, you know, like even today, you know, even, and I try to practice what I preach and I'm guilty and not always, but I'm just, okay. Take 30 seconds. You have your mask, you have your gut, you're just, you're frothing, you're drilling because you're so excited. (laughs) Just take a look, you know, take a scan, see what, wait for the next set to come in. Maybe you're on a boat. There's no waves. Hmm. Just 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 see if there's something that you're not seeing, you know. And so that with the kids, I I try to help them do that. You know, that's that kind of a lesson, I think, is is one thing is before you get in, just what's going on. And because at that point, these kids are, they're ocean-minded, you know. And that that lesson too, it transcends into other things, whether they're sailing or surfing or whatever. It's just that seeing what's out there and 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 remarking upon it. And understanding and deciding what it means to you in your what you're going to be doing out there, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so you, you've got like you've got two kids, you're taking them out, sparing. I mean, do you sort of like maybe you get to a spot where you've got like maybe a bird's eye view, like a point, a clifftop or something, and you're overlooking like where you're going to go diving? Is it then you do you do you ask like leading questions? And I mean, you've you talked about this 30 second practice. What kind of questions should Um, I mean, should they be asking themselves? I, I start
1: with, and I'll, I'll, you know, as they get older and I don't want to hammer with stuff, I'll probably expand on this, but really it's like, Hey, where are you going to get in the water? Show me where you think you're going to get in. In some cases it's basic. It's a beach. It's like, Oh yeah, cool. Other times it's a beach and there's waves and you, you know, there's a channel. Other times we're on rocks. Okay. So what do you, what looks like a good spot to get in? And they'll, oh, here, we'll maybe talk about it for, you know, 10, 20 seconds or a minute. You can point out, help, help point out things that they might not realize. And then it's like, okay, cool. So where do you want to get out? Because sometimes that spot where you get in might not be the best spot to get out. Now, again, sure. it depends where you're at. But yeah. where we are, it's important in a lot of a lot of places. It's predominantly reef rocky, man. And so yeah. you're scrabbling down some rocks, it's slippery, you got to time the waves, you slip in. That might not be the spot, but we're going to go dive over there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we might not want to kick all the way back. Maybe we will, but hey, if we don't want to, yeah, for whatever reason, or we have to get out, what do you think will make sense? And so just having them ask themselves, what makes sense? So, you know, so that when the time comes, if it comes, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember looking at that little nook and cranny around the corner here. That looked like a decent spot for me to get out just in case, you know, stuff goes south. They gotta yeah. <laughs> find an alt. So, so that's a big one is just really where are you gonna get in, and where are you get it out. And then that's the eg- en- ex- exit and entry. And then just what do you see? Like, I just asked them, like, is there anything that looks strange out there? Mm. You know, I mean, there's been times when I've sat there and actually this happened after a dive I was with my son we got out of the water and it's you know where we are like you it's sharky and you know and we just looked back and i was like all of a sudden the animals there was an there was otters and there were seals and they're all just real mellow when we were diving it was great <laughs> suddenly looked out they were freaking uh, and i i didn't see a fin i don't know if there was a shark maybe they not sure but for the last couple hours they were chill it was all great we're all hanging out together and suddenly they're this one's sprinting that one's bolting they're diving like you could sense the energy you know yeah, it was yeah. strange so it's just like hey are there what 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 do you see maybe there's mm. nothing but it's just good to kind of take a moment to, to see if there's other things you can detect in the water before yeah. you go diving in it.
0: i think it's one of the powerful things about it and about the ocean in particular it doesn't matter what pursuit it is you, you've got to be environmentally aware and uh, you're in a wild place. So, I mean, tide's another huge one, you know. Like sometimes you can't see current moving. Um, yeah. but, you, but you have to factor it in. Or, you know, if you have an ebb tide and you've got like two metres of tide movement, how fast yeah. is that water going to move and things like that, especially if you're in a, like a tidal inlet or something like that. Like And yeah. uh, swell size, if swell picks up, is your entry point, exit point still good or are you going to have to change it, you know. Or like you said, if you've got cramp, where's you where's your ditch spot like where could you theoretically yeah. like just like ride a wave and scramble up, and hopefully not rip the ass out of your wetsuit and stab yourself yeah. with your gun. So. <laughs> no, cool, yeah. cool man. I love it. Um, we had a story ages ago, one of the early days, about no stoke and getting your gecko on. This is what he says: like you know, like you um, you ride a wave and kind of try and suck onto a rock like a gecko, and then as it pulls yeah. out, you sort of get hold of yourself and then scramble up. And uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things when you're diving on like rocky coastlines with swell, it's just it's just Hell all yeah. part of it. Um, that's it, man.
1: It, it's it's an art form.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're t- we kind of talking about it already, but um, I mean, what location is kind of ideal? I mean, obviously, if they're going spearfishing, they want to shoot fish. You can't just go, well, here's <laughs> yeah, good, right. and you've got some crappy sandy <laughs> thing where there's no yeah. reef or structure or anything. So, I mean, but. but how do you kind of choose a location?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm kind of this, I don't know. I, I'm a fan of of making them uncomfortable because the ocean's uncomfortable. So, again, with, with my crew, their past, like, they surf, they've gotten beat by waves. They, they, they're a little bit more, they're hardy enough where when I take them out, I don't want to set them up for, like, the perfect environment. You know, because that's not how it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. Ever, yeah. You know, and so,
1: <laughs> but yeah. you have to, but you have to make sure it's safe and, yeah. you know, simple enough for them to be successful. Mm. They got to get a fish, man. Of course, you know, that's, they're so stoked. So for me, it's like, you know, it's finding something where it's where I am, you know, it's, it's a, there's an, a nice, relatively simple, you know, eg- entry and exit point mm. where, you know, because I don't want to be, not available and they have a problem and can't get themselves out you yeah. know that's a unsafe and b it'd be tragic if something happened but also tragic if that ruined them from wanting to go again because they they had a bad experience you know but i also don't want it to like oh this is like club mad you know it's like oh it's just there's fish everywhere it's so basic so i know where there's where there's some fish for them to get yeah. um it's relatively the currents not going to be a problem yeah you know cuz when either when my son and i was a little older we'll go do stuff or that he would go with me to dive the normal spots that i do um my daughters they will but i want to be sure with three other bodies because you got to remind yourself like you're responsible for these kids yeah you know and when you have a few of them with you you're not you can't always see them yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. you pushing sure. dives you're watching this guy or her you're, you're helping with the mask the the bands wearing the gun you're doing stuff and there's they're over here, you can't see them yeah, all the time. So sure. a spot where you know that the conditions aren't weird enough that it might something might happen to them. They might get in a weird spot while your attention somewhere else, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a little bit of everything. But I'm a fan too of 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 challenging them, you know. Mm. I mean, because that's what it is. The ocean's a freaking challenge. And when you know it, and you can do that, I think, when the key you know the kid is psyched on it. You know they're already obsessed. They're they're done. They're they're (laughs) locked in like you and I for the rest of their lives. You know, and and which is a beautiful thing because we can all remember those moments. And Mm. then you have this young kid. You're like you're giving them a gift. You know, for sure. But you also need to give them reality, which is, dude, you're gonna go out there. Some days you're gonna wish you never went out yeah you're not gonna <laughs> you know? see
0: the end of your spear you're not gonna shoot that's anything right. you're gonna rip yeah. the ass out of your wetsuit awkwardly on the way back in all by on. getting smashed by a wave <laughs> yeah. um right. you know this is just oh, part of it you're gonna <laughs> lose one fin and just be grateful and kiss the rocks when you make it in that's, that's right. right we stoked you're back on land that's yeah. right <laughs> and like you're gonna be prepared for fishless days but i mean all right so like you've got this kid in the water they're um they're competent, like in terms of they're kicking along they're managing themselves and they've maybe done a couple of dives or whatever. Um, do you sort of like hold off on giving them a spear gun until they're kind of at that point or where does that sort of come in?
1: Yeah. You know that I'm kind of on the fence on that one. That's for me, um, you know, it's, there's a bit of understanding the, the kid as just a, as a kid you know like would you give the kid a freaking a spear gun on land or not you know (laughs) that's not the right way to say it i think it's like that's the one challenge with any in that early age is you know they get excited man and heck i've accidentally shot my spear gun off i'm guilty too you know i've had the safety off and darn it my glove i didn't feel it went off some kids i think are a bit more aware now for me what i've done is i'm again back to the pole spear and the three prong. I'm a fan of that. I think that's mm. a great way to start. I have some really small dinky spear guns, but I've almost gotten clipped by one that accidentally went off, you know? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was my daughter. She's super smart on it. She was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Very responsible. But that's just, that's the nature of the game. you know. So yeah. I'm a real fan of starting with like the pole spear. So they understand the dynamics of the, I think, the important thing is them understanding they have something powerful and potentially harmful in their hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The
1: pole spear. Yeah. They could stick me at the pole spear. That would be bad, but that's harder to do because you're not at the surface. Usually with a loaded pole spear, you just, you sit there when you're about to take a dive, you grab it and you go by that time you're by yourself. When you're at the surface, where, you know, people are flailing around, you're getting bumped into each other with a loaded spear gun. There's a little bit, I think, higher chance of like something <laughs> happening yeah. that is a little dangerous. So I, I love with the, what, I, I, what I've noticed with my kids is they understand, oh, wow, I have a weapon in my hand. Yeah, and the yeah, pole yeah. spear is about, you know, it's the most, probably the most benign kind of spear thing you have, <laughs> can have in a yeah. kid's hand. You know, and so if something happens, it's not as bad, it can be bad. Then once they get that, then it's like, hey, check the spear gun out. Try this thing. And then they already have a a rec they have an appreciation for this thing in their hand that could hurt somebody, but they've already kind of gotten through it with this other one that's not as, you know,
0: gnarly. So Okay, cool. No, no, that's good. We we needed to hear. The thoughts around it, I think. Um, So it's a part of it's about this awareness that they can have. Like if they've handled firearms or something like that, they're probably going to have that awareness. But if you add in the complication of being in the water, all the equipment and the excitement, um, sometimes it's not something you want them to have immediately. Maybe just watch you for an hour or two before you, you know, really give them an opportunity to use it. All right. Yeah, Yeah. Let's talk about getting them a fish. Do you, is this uh is this a spoon feed one? Is this like a, you scout it out, you find it. And then you just go, Hey, look at that one. It's dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't plug it.
1: Yeah. Yes. A little bit. You know, I also, again, back to that, like helping them understand the reality of spearfishing, the dangers, blah, blah, blah. But also like, dude, you're going to go and get skunked. You might yeah. go spearfishing five times in a row and not get anything. Yeah, that happens to me. <laughs> it happens to all of us, you know. Yeah. And so, do I. Yeah, I, I love. I, but you also wanted them to be stoked, and they get stoked on getting a fish. I mean, it, that's been one of my most, you know. Uh, my what daughter, who's really interested in it, got one. I was her. My back was turned. I just heard this. I got one, and there was like this <laughs> guttural, you know, like yeah. you could just you taste the yeah. excitement yeah, yeah, and she had this pole spear up at the three prong and this little blue rock fish in it and she held it out of the water. And then that was like, man, it was all the, you know, the hassle, the challenge. It was just so, it was beautiful, you yeah, know? So yeah. that's what you want them to do. You yeah. want them to get fish, you know? So, so yeah, I'll be like, you know, and I will say, hey, I saw there's a couple of fish over here Go yeah. check it out, you know? And, i'll put them on it because you know that's part of the game which yeah. is that steps that, that um the search pattern the recognition is it a perch is it a rockfish and developing that your mind can pick out that animal amongst the clutter you know yeah. it's blue water it's different but even a reef it's like coral reef or a kelp reef same thing yeah. they got to understand it so i'll be like hey i see some fish over here come check them out yeah. i'll just put them on it after that it's like dude it's up to you go get that thing, you know? And that's the hard part, you know, is then then they go get it. So I definitely try to lead them to the fish so they at least see them, take some shots, and if they get one, that's just killer.
0: Yeah, awesome. And, yeah, I mean, half of it's training your eyes, yeah. It's like silhouette and movement awareness and then kind of, you know and then onwards from there it's awesome uh like the moment when your daughter shot the fish i mean you've really awoken the inner hunter and uh it's, yeah. it's like it's not something that um you can do for them they have to do it themselves but That's right. you can just yeah. you yeah. can just put them in a spot where that happens and uh it's a real yeah, set privilege. Them up. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah it is i yeah you know, i'm very uh, you're dead on i feel very privileged to have two bring somebody new as my kid or your kid or anybody's anybody or adult doesn't matter into Mm. that to feel that like, wow, that was freaking amazing. I love this. You know, that's just a cool thing.
0: Yeah. That excites me too. Like, um, yeah, yeah, there's so many, so many angles to it. All right. Like, um, I mean, we've, we've got some good sort of touch points here for taking a kid spearfishing. I I want my last question in this sort of section, um, but maybe you can add some more after is like, um, How do you talk to them through like the ethics of hunting and, you know, you know, raising their awareness with regards to respect for the environment and sustainability and things like that?
1: Yeah, that's a great one. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of of this theme topic in general, Mm -hmm. you know, um, know, just because we all love the water, the ocean. We all got to do something to to preserve it and our actions day to day, but then also teaching the next generation ultimately it's going to be up to them to do what we're doing so for me but you got to do it in a way that you know they get they can relate to yeah um and so for me it's like look you're we're gonna go there's no practice spearfishing you don't practice spearfishing you go practice on like shooting kelp that's cool that's practice yeah but when you're shooting a fish that's not practice yeah you're actually doing it yeah and you don't you don't shoot something and then pull it off your spear and let it sink to the bottom and then go practice on something else yeah yeah if you're going to shoot that fish i don't care if it's a 4-inch perch and i've cooked these things up for to reinforce this lesson or whatever you want to call it which is you you are you basically you're taking this animal you're killing it and you're doing that for one reason and one reason only is to basically feed yourself yep. or feed others yep you don't kill things and let them go. I don't care. You don't. Yep. Um, and so um I I say that from the start before they even shot their first fish. I go, we're gonna get a perch. They taste like crap, they're bony, and they might be six inches long, but we're cooking that thing up. Yeah, you know, yep. and we're gonna eat it, you know, and you know, and so they get it. And so what's what's cool about that is they a get that like that's what it's for. Spearfishing is not for your enjoyment. Yeah, you get a lot of enjoyment out of it, but if you're just doing it to kill and walk away, which I don't think anybody listening to this does at all, for sure. Yeah. Nobody, you know, but the kids need to know that, you know, it's yeah. not just a video game where you kill things and walk away. And that's that it's like, so they take that, they, they're very, they get that really quickly, you know? And then it's also falling through as the, the parents out there for them. If you're going to say these things, dude, who's going to clean it? You are. Who's going <laughs> to cook it? You are. You know, and I've been like, I've wanted to like chuck a five inch perch back in, be like, well, the crabs lead it, but you can't, you know, cause it takes, it only takes a couple of times for them to realize, okay, the perch are cool. Okay, dad, well, what does taste good or what Mm. does, you know? And then they get, okay, cool, I'm going to go for that fish, you know, and they kind of ups their game, you know, to go after stuff that's like, oh, that's, that's a good tasting taco that let's go after the rockfish or the what
0: you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's just let them know.
0: Yeah. It's awesome putting people in touch with their food again as well. I mean, when it's kids, it's even better because they, they haven't got all the baggage that, um, well, well, they've got less baggage like than a lot of adults have about, you know, just hunting and fishing in general. Like it's so awesome to be able to, you know, Pull the trigger on saying you know all the work that's going to be involved. Not once you pull the trigger and actually land that fish, the work has only just begun. And uh, you oh, know, yeah. you know, gutting, filleting, cleaning—all sure. the stuff that goes along with spearfishing is, is, is that's the next part of the the, the thing. So yeah. very cool, very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, one thing too—to take one more. Take that one step further you know we have the opportunity with spearfishing and the, the kids and next generation for them to realize that like the consumption factor too like like i've been guilty of it it's like you have those days where you're just slaying fish and you're like oh man that was incredible i got a limit i got 10 of these or five of those or whatever yeah and then you're like fuck why do, i don't need all that yeah and, you know you're so excited you're caught up and it's insane. Mm. Then all of a sudden you're cleaning it and you're like, oh, that was kind of a hassle. And then like you throw it in the freezer and then like two weeks later, it's got freezer burn. Yeah. And you realize you just wasted a filet or two yeah. and you realize, man, I didn't need that. And so it's important for the kids also to like, to get that as well, where it's yeah. like, let's just take what we need, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's killer. And be really content with that and then go back next time and, and then take what we need again, you know? Yeah. So it's, I don't know it's, it's gonna weave that in
0: if you can. I've still got one bag of fish left in my freezer, um, and then after that, I'm skint. I'm completely out of fish, so that is a huge motivating factor for like making me prioritize my time to go spearfishing because, like, That's right. there's so much stuff to do. Like, I never have any shortage of work and stuff to do, except <laughs> to make time for spearfishing now. And, I know. Um, How's that? <laughs> yeah yeah and uh sometimes it's easy to come up with excuses like uh, you know like um like in terms of oh there's bills to pay and i need this work needs to yeah, be gone, so but now that i'm empty i'm out of fish so it's time to go again and uh
1: better go yeah better go <laughs> a bunch of times actually
0: <laughs> maybe four or five <laughs> yeah, yeah. i had a good run last time i went out so um it was good yeah all right man hey um,
1: sorry one thing I gotta throw something out. I always see you with these big old yellowtail. I think you call them kingies where you are. Is that right? But then you yeah. guys are always getting these big ass yellowtail, man.
0: Yeah, it's so uh, cool. Some of my photos are from out here in Brisbane, and uh, we we do get some some good king kingfish, yellowtail kingfish out here. Um, because you guys call what you call kingfish, we call like Spanish mackerel. Um,
1: yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So
0: sometimes we'll call it like yellowtail kingfish on the show, so people still know, like, oh, it's yellowtail. But yeah, now we get them yeah. like forty-five pound out here, but in New Zealand yeah, they yeah. get they get them over a hundred, over a hundred. <laughs> so crazy. It's just like shooting a uh, shooting a submarine and going yeah, for it. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love shooting yellowtail, and I love eating yellowtail, and that's actually what I've got in my freezer. Some people complain about it. I've never had a I bad one. Because season, oh. seasonally they can get um, like soft milky flesh. I don't know quite what's going on oh. in terms of their biology, but um, obviously there's some sort of um, some sort of seasonal thing that happens to them, or perhaps it's a parasite. I'm not quite sure. Actually, Turbo and I want to start talking more with like marine biologists about species species in specific, like talking yep. about you know finding out a lot more about them in terms of. You know, their sustainability, uh, their range, what they predate upon. I mean, some of the stuff we know, but from a scientific perspective, I know our listeners and community are asking these questions as well. So, um, yeah. Hey, look, let's wrap up um, the Veterans Vault. Was there any more kind of parting tips or guidance for people wanting to take kids out spearfishing? Um, the other one is
1: just be prepared to lose gear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a practical <laughs> it's one. It's going to happen. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A weight belt's gonna slip off.
0: Oh uh, you're gonna
1: drop the spear gun. Uh you know, it's like it's funny. I the first few times I lost a full spear, a weight belt, um <laughs> what was it? Something else.
0: Oh, a nice. knife, like
1: a knife or something, you know. And that's cool, but just be prepared, like
0: Yeah, you bro, know, yeah.
1: it's gonna happen. Uh, Love it. that's it's cool, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's super fun. If anybody has a chance to ever do it, you know, it's it's introduce somebody to the spear and, and just diving in general and being safe It's just it's a special thing.
0: Awesome man. I love that section, Josh. Guys, head over to vimeo.com. Check out the How to Spearfish video series by Luke Potts. There's nearly four hours of video training there, and they're divided into five different videos so far to help you take on the areas of difficulty that you might have. Now there's a beginner's guide to spearfishing gear. There's a guide to how to increase your breath hold for spearfishing. There's techniques for spearfishing yellowtail kingfish, which also doubles as a guide to hunting pelagic fish. There's a a guide techniques for spearfishing snapper, which is a really good, um, helpful guide for approaching canny reef fish, which is a tough one. And finally, a guide to spearfishing around sharks. If you want to buy any of these videos, use the code noobsspero and save a bit of cash. Check it out, Vimeo on demand, how to spearfish. Alright, let's uh let, let's let's segue out of there. What's the funniest thing you've experienced out? Hopefully spearfishing? Or 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 even just in the water, actually. Let's let's loosen it out. We've had some hilarious uh, ones in here, man.
1: You know, hilarious ones. Oh jeez. You know
0: You strike me as a dude that has some funny, cheeky friends that do annoying <laughs> stuff probably.
1: <laughs> there is uh Yeah. <laughs> so uh, while part of my ocean you know, background is I was a research scuba diver for a while. And I know you did a lot of scuba diving too. Yeah. Um, and there was, <laughs> there's some, uh, we used to do some work uh, removing invasive algae okay. in a, a harbor. Um, while I, I'm going to take you down to get my charger for my computer while I t- tell you the story. All um, right. there was this invasive algae. We go dive. It's really shallow and it's, you know, Sandy bottom Harbor. And, um, we would remove this invasive algae and and, and truck it out and the area where we were you know it's real sandy on the bottom and um there was these worms called fat innkeeper worms okay (laughs) (laughs) and uh i'd never seen one i had never i think i'd heard about them. never seen them and anyway the funny thing is is we're diving and you know I think people in general diving and people in the ocean have a kind of a sick sense of humor. (laughs) These things look like a man's genital, you know, penis, right? (laughs) And uh, like dead on and it's eerily crazy, disgustingly accurate. And anyway, a funny story is we're diving and you basically grab these like massive, long, this this algae is these huge, giant blades, like really they're like a foot. you are like you know, not a meter, half a meter wide. So they're they're all over you. They're flowing. You grab them, you put them in a bag, and you in a mesh bag, and you bring them up. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> I had this big giant stock of them. I they were flowing around. I pulled it away and in my face. And you're, I'm basically weighted heavy on my knees in the bottom, stuffing the stuff in the sack. They part and in my face is my dive buddy holding this. and keeper worm, like, (laughs) right there. You know, and it's looking back, I mean, it's just one of those funny things when you're underwater. (laughs) Stuff is is just funny, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so that's a funny one.
0: I think (laughs) Um, part of it is, like, you're underwater, and so any interaction you have with your mates, it's, like, heightened, heightens the hilarity of the moment because no, it's like it's different. completely unexpected it's like providing a really different context and you're not used to it so any stupid shit you see is just oh, absolutely yeah. just makes you cack yourself
1: so. it's classic no uh, and actually it's funny the same guy who was my dive partner for many, for many years um he got absolutely humped by a harbor seal like <laughs> and it's funny he didn't even know it like we're diving you know and you and you're like your, your peripheral vision's like limited. And then mm. when you're in general with the mask, but when you're scuba diving, you know, have all the stuff in your back. It's hard to turn your head, your, your flexibility in these harbor seals here where we are. They're really nice. They come up to let you pet them and they'll, and this sometimes they get really randy. And this thing was just absolutely attacking his, his, his uh, scuba cylinder, his tank, you know, and he didn't really <laughs> know it. And then he was, Trying to figure it out. And it was just those, like you said, those moments where underwater, looking back, you're like listening to, it, like, oh, it's not that funny. But when you see it, and you're 80 feet underwater, and there's a harbor steel basically humping his tank. <laughs> you know, it's just things like that. You know, yeah, it's just, for some reason, they're
0: funny. And that's why I you have know. to catch up with your underwater buddies and have a few beers and just talk about the stuff as well. Oh, because... I know, I hey, know, I know. Look, <laughs> look, a couple of quick questions, man. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna skip dive back because we've been. We've been at this thing for nearly an hour and a half. i I've been having yeah, an man. absolute blast. But let's hook into Spiro Q and A, which is kind of like a faster paced round of questions, and um, cool. and then what we'll we'll hear what else you're up to and where people can find you. Um, could you describe what the spearfishing experience means to you in one sentence? Deeply philosophical one. <laughs> uh,
1: connect. Um, it's an intimate connection with the ocean, Ooh. and I'm stealing that. From somebody else who God. gave that to me on my podcast. But when I heard it, I paused like you just did. I was like, whoa. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. And it's, you know, I love it. Yeah, an intimate connection with the ocean. I just Mm. love that. You know, that's what it means.
0: Okay. All right. Who has been the most influential person or people in your spearfishing?
1: Uh, I think a good buddy of mine, Dave Bonet, who's just a wonderful all-around water guy. Who's just gnarly, but really safe and cautious and strong in the water and knowledgeable. Just kind of one of those guys who, you know, always has it figured out and is the like strength and intelligence and all that stuff you know yeah definitely yeah a good buddy of mine
0: all right love it shout out to dave all right last big question what would be your fish of a lifetime
1: oh man i love that question because it's so freaking hard um
0: maybe maybe it's that bluefin tuna
1: It very well could be. Though I have this weird thing after seeing those things, like I almost don't want to shoot them. I just want to go out there and like swim with them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I, had, I had that with selfish you know? for a long time. I was like, I don't even think I'll shoot them. Yeah. i just like to be in the water with one. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I'm, I want to shoot one now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that passed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It passed. It was a, it was a, brief, it was yeah. a brief moment, though.
1: Um, no, for me, you know, I've never shot a white sea bass. I've had never really tried that hard. Um, it's because they I just... It just hasn't been in my kind of hunting uh, repertoire. So yeah. for where we are, and I would have no problem shooting one. Um, I, I would love to get one of those guys because they're so freaking elusive. They're massive. They're big, uh, and I think that would be especially where I am and I live. That's like what that you earn your stripes and you get one of those guys kind of thing. You know, that's yeah, I yeah. think one of a white sea bass would be cool. All
0: right, sick man. Hey, Josh, I've had a bolt chatting today we've had a we've had a good long chat and uh i think i feel yeah. like there's more ground to cover and we're gonna have to um chat again in the future and keep up this uh exchange in some some way shape or form um look where can people come and find you
1: yeah man um this ocean life dot tv um you know a podcast just much like you and turbo just humble roots having fun talking to fun people sharing stories you know and uh yeah i've had you have a really awesome episode on there and i appreciate you coming on with me and what you guys doing is killer i I admire you guys and you've helped inspire me to do what i'm doing you know just normal people normal talk but sharing something that we all love Mm of just being in the water together, you know, um, and thanks for having me today, man. This has been a ton of fun, ton of fun. I
0: was just going to say like a couple of our listeners have been reaching out and complaining, like, why don't you guys do a weekly show? And because uh, at the moment it's only every two weeks, and like we're just strapped for time. Like Turbo's got a renovation right, on now, man. but so I was going to awesome. say, like people can definitely go and check out this Ocean Life TV podcast. I mean, you've got like at least four or five interviews with Spiros on there. If if guys are just interested in spearfishing, but there's mm-hmm. like the whole range of watermen over there. I'd really encourage people to go over and check that out. And uh, thank you. If you want to do a pity listen, yeah, I've got an episode on there that Josh graciously recorded with me as well. So oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And um and I I really enjoy listening to your podcast myself. So um I definitely thoroughly recommend it. And um have you got anything else going on at the moment, Josh? Like uh any anything else, any activities? Um I remember you were organizing a surf camp school with some dude a while ago. Is that just an ongoing uh, thing?
1: You know, right now it's pretty relatively mellow you know um we do we put on my i give it like a, a surf club a paddle club we put on a bunch of events here yeah. um start to and i just haven't put it together like you said the time factor is a lot of yeah. local families who are like hey can you take my kids spearfishing and yeah, i would yeah. love to i'm just trying to kind of figure out how i do that with like grab an extra five kids i'd need some other dudes to help me and have the gear so i'm interested in not is we get kids in the water to surf just because I have a bunch of kids I take with me just for fun and paddling. That's easy. How do we extend that to like diving as well? You know, Because I'd love to, to help kids get excited about it, you know? So that's kind of the next big thing I'd love Mm. to figure out and and kind of make a little program, just come out, show up and let's, let's learn how to dive and have some
0: fun. All right, man. I'll link up your contact details in the show notes. So if people just come to noobspiro.com and, you know, come to the podcast, jo- type in, even just type in Josh Pedersen, uh, Noob Spiro. come to the show notes, cool. and I'll link in all his contact details and social media. If you're interested in helping, cool, helping Josh out with some of this, uh, taking kids spearfishing, uh, that, that'd be awesome, and It'd be cool to connect you nice. guys. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. man. Thank all you. Thank you. All right, Josh. Um, thanks for joining me, man. Awesome
1: yeah thank you so much shrek Uh, and thanks for all the tips on helping me build a podcast you're always so helpful and you guys are all the tools and tricks and i really appreciate it and it's been wonderful chatting tonight and thank you so much
0: oh good man catch you man That was a cracker with Josh from This Ocean Life TV podcast and uh, some really good insights there especially around training that kind of that risk uh, thought process when you analyse a spot it's great for teaching kids obviously but it's even important for us to kind of have an awareness about entry and exit conditions so that were kind of some of my takeaways from the interview. I hope you got a lot out of it as well. You can email me shrek at and uh, shrek at Let us know what you thought of the episode Join us on Facebook or Insta And tell us what you, what, what you thought of Josh's in, uh, interview Also love it if you left a review for the show Wherever you are And uh, guys thanks for listening today And subscribing You guys are absolute champions Have a great week Hope you get out and spear some fish Shrek out Hey, guys, thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you really enjoyed it. As usual, we had a phenomenal guest. And uh, if you've ever got any guest suggestions, you can always email us, turbo at or shrick at noobspiro. Give us any feedback you might have. But if you want to, you might you might be interested in connecting more and, and jumping in and joining our community. Turbo, how can people do that?
1: Well, one of the things they can do is join our newsletter, The Floater. That's one way of doing it, so go to our website um, or go to our Facebook page and it says join there, so uh, you can do that. The other thing you can do is join the Noob Spiro community. Now, that's uh, full of like-minded Spiros all trying to get better at spearfishing and uh, our guests get on there from time to time. and give a few tips away and that kind of thing, so uh, all good stuff. Shrek, what else
0: can they do? Guys, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram get a hold of uh turbo he's always dropping a pose somewhere and uh check it yeah just 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 join us thanks for uh listening to today's show